The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com What's up, hot queens? Did you bring the baby gherkins? <laughs> this is when I really felt like maybe we shouldn't do this podcast. Astronomical. I hate to see it. Wasted potential. Are you drunk? <laughs> I am so drunk right now. Welcome to Bad Author Book Club, where we're not like other authors, we're worse. I'm Clarabelle Ortega. And I'm Ryan Lasala, and we're two authors reading the most bizarre fiction we can find. We've got another exciting episode of Model Land by Tyra Banks for you all today. Before we get started, a quick reminder to like and rate and review the show so that other people can find us. And also go ahead and find us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Bad Author Pod, and on Instagram, we are Bad Author Book Club. And now for the episode. Today's episode is Chapter 41 of Model Land by Tyra Banks, Stone to Bone and Flesh. That's a pretty poetic title. I guess so. You're not giving any points for poetry. Nothing! Nothing! Oh, Tyra just can't win with you. Sure can't. (laughs) You're mad. You're angry. I mean... Cookies asleep again. <laughs> chapter. So, what do you want from me? Oh um, God, I do, I am looking forward to you tallying up all of the like passing out, waking ups, like because it is incessant practice of this book. Yeah. yeah, it's happened. I feel like it has to. It's it must have have happened at least ten times, if not more, which is really wild yeah. when you think about it. Right, right. No, you're you're definitely right, and. In this one, we, like the the chapter opens with dialogue. Tookie, get up, damn it! And the the voice sounds foggy and far away, and, and bright light shone in Tookie's eyes. And she sits up, and she looks around, and she gasps because she is back in her bed in Peppertown. Let me tell you something. <laughs> the so each of the chapters starts like in the middle of the page and then like the end of this page which is 41 yeah in italics it says it was all a dream and i said bitch stop i know you're lying like if 
this entire book was a dream, which I could 150% yes, believe. Yes. I am suing Bankable Productions. I am suing. <laughs> who, who published this? Penguin? Delacour, I think. Delacour. It's Delacour, yeah. See you in court, Delacour. <laughs> see you in court, is that what you just said? Yeah, I said see you in court, Delacour. I was so mad. For a second, my heart was like, this can't be. Oh, this my whole be. heart fell out of my butthole. Like, I was like, not this. And you're right, because it's such a convincing fake out, because this whole whole book feels like dreamy and surreal. So, like, I was like, oh my god, are we really gonna gonna do this because i could see i could see tyra committing to the bit so hard so she continues to try to fool us for another like half a page yeah and then like to the point where like we hear miracles giggle snore which like i wish i didn't have to read that again but i did i forgot about that and i actually skimmed over that line too oh nearly got away with with forgetting the giggle snore forever uh, and then Tookie hears the giggle. This is funny. Tookie hears the giggle snore and then immediately descends into maddening darkness once again. So someone's yelling at her to wait, get up, get up. Like and actually get up. up this time. Yeah. And it goes creamy. Tookie whispered again to the creature drawing back. Um, so then Shiraz helps Tookie to her feet. Like she's immediately awake and like standing. Yeah. And Shiraz says, who is monster and how you know it? So basically, this entire time when Tookie fainted, her friends believe this person, this thing, to be a monster. Right. And not only are they not running or trying to get Tookie away from it, they're just, like, standing there staring at each other. Yes, as, like, the monster is, like, shaking their friend. They're just like, huh. Useless. They're all useless. Yeah, no, they're all just standing around, like, little stupid booby babies and... Creamy is like, did you fall and hit your head just now? Of course I'm real. And Tookie gazed around dazedly. And she felt caught between the Tookie she'd been and the Tookie she was now. Uh, Which I think is such a poignant thing to get into at this moment. Because Tookie's confronted with her past in the form of her mother. Who's come all the way to where Tookie feels like a changed person. And now Tookie has to reconcile her past with her present. And such a rich moment um that ends immediately and is not dug into whatsoever yeah at all um because the next thing we know piper who is crouched in a ball and screaming because she thought uh creamy was a like lizard um and we were supposed to believe that too Uh, they got me they actually i really did think it was yeah, yeah because because the last time we saw creamy we thought she died um and that only hunchy survived right yeah so Piper screams, look, another one. Another hand appears at the top of the wall, and it's Miracle. This wall is driving me up a wall. Is it the same wall that Desperata flung herself over? Like that We only like, know that wall. We, we don't know another wall. It just might be like walls? a random one. Oh, just a random wall. Yeah, I guess they're on the perimeter. Like, there's just like a wall all around Model Land, and they are near a wall at all times why if is the standing near the edge if the stadium is near the perimeter which would be fine why is the entrance to the stadium facing the back like of the stadium in the i am so confused for a book that really professes to be at its core about architectural beauty and integrity the it it makes zero sense 
None, None. whatsoever. And the thing that that got me about this whole scene is that me. we were led to believe that like over the wall is only bad things. Creamy climbs over it and leaves her young daughter on the other side by herself to climb over the wall alone. And like she's clearly either far behind to uh Creamy or she's having a hard time getting over the wall because right. Chucky had time to pass out and wake up and Miracle still not over the wall and i know that i shouldn't try to find logic in this because the only reason tyra did it was to have a second sort of like quote-unquote reveal right yeah but like it makes me mad that she didn't think about one single thing when it came to any of the logistics and we're also like you know it'd be different if creamy was looking for tookie that would at least explain why she like encounters her right away but we're led to believe that creamy is scaling the walls of model land and she happens to do so right as her daughter is walking by a wall. Like, the convenience of this just matching up is... I didn't even think about that. Yeah, of course, right, because that is so low on, like, the, like, what is going on here scale, but they're, like, there's no reason why they would cross paths like this. At all. At all. And it'd be the simplest thing to be, like, creamy is like, there you are, I've been looking all over for you. Have her pop out of the goddamn bushes or something like that. But no, she's literally walking, in, climbing into Model Land and just right into Tookie's path. Uh, she comes, she gets, she comes right up to her. As all, as all plot points in Model Land do, they, they bring themselves to Tookie. She, Tookie literally has, like, Uber Eats, but for, like, the plot devices. Like, they're, they're all delivered <laughs> to, to her. <laughs> It's very true. That's so accurate. Um, so wait, I love the uh, line where she's like miracle, and she looks at those perfect aqua blue single colored eyes. That's how she recognizes miracle. Wow, she has one color eyes. It's so weird and special. <laughs> so, so creamy walks towards a. She notices something. It says, and she's like storming towards something in the o plaza or whatever is that what it's called yeah the golden m plaza sorry i just made that up and everyone trails behind creamy and tookie feels a momentary jolt of pleasure it says that seeing miracle looking so wretched while she herself wore model and dress uniform couture what a little asshole she she hasn't shown one like moment of worry for her mom and sister who look horrible right and she, like it says yes. they look like they've been starving for months and Tookie does not worry about them even a little bit and there's no like oh my god you're here too like literally creamy like pops up Tookie passes out and then they're like what is that Tookie and Tookie goes oh it's my mom like as if like she was expecting her there's no like how did you get here? Why are you here? Like, are you okay? She presumably cares about Miracle because she's spent portions of the book pining about how Miracle should be there. But her her presence, I don't know. You're right. None I don't of that. blame her for not caring about Creamy, to be quite honest, because Creamy doesn't deserve None. anything. No. But it's just kind of crazy to me that the only emotion she has is pleasure she <laughs> yeah. looks better yeah that she's like hotter than her like than her like sister who just went through hell who's like 14 or something and like she knows that they cross the diabolical divide obviously and like she just doesn't have a reaction to that at all she's like oh they're fine they just look like they haven't eaten in seven months uh, but at least I look better. You're right. She does have <laughs> pleasure. And then she does have a pang of guilt because she remembers that the Belladonna 
Remember she over in the skyscraper that she slept walked <laughs> into? There was the scene where the, the Belladonna was like, Toki is my experiment. I brought her into Model Land instead of somebody who was supposed to be here. Or like, no, CL mentions that she knows this. But Toki reminds the reader basically is like, I'm not supposed to be here, but probably it was Miracle that was supposed to be here. Which I actually don't buy. I think it's going to be some other reveal later. Who knows? But. Yeah, I, I feel like it's just going to be the Belladonna. Like, I wanted to try giving other kinds of beauty a chance. Yeah, and that's it. you're atypical. You're strange. You're beautiful. Uh, and then... <laughs> You're Linda Evangelista. Yeah, you're, you're a model. Beautiful. You're perfect. <laughs> did you stone those tights? Did you, did you stone those tights? Um, and then, okay, and then Creamy, the boss bitch that she is, walks in, like, barely like acknowledges her daughter and is like, bring me to the Belladonna. I want to talk to that bitch immediately. And then she starts walking around just addressing any statue. Because remember, the Belladonna is a statue, at, like, for the most part. She starts talking to different statues being like, Hello? Hello, come on out, Belladonna. Like, she immediately is going for it. This, I don't know what kind of vibes this gave you, but I immediately wondered if Creamy and the Belladonna were sisters. Yes. Because this is very sister vibes. Like, stop acting like a fucking idiot and ignoring me. Yeah. Like, you know I'm Where here. Where is that bitch? Yeah, like, cut yeah. the shit. Cut the shit, Belladonna. I'm here. Yeah. So, one of the Belladonna statues begins to blink. And when she notices creamy or the filthy woman as the book calls her (laughs) her brow furrows she frowns and then she bursts into song yeah yeah she sings she sings a little song you want you want to give us a a rendition you want to sing the song for us sure so how do you pronounce that muppet 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 okay Silly moppet, foolish (laughs) witch, creatures of abominable stench, you cross Crossing the mighty cold path today, so welcome to your dear doomsday. The punishment deserve it. You will, and then Creamy's like, actually, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yes, I love it. Creamy was like, shut like, up, shut like, up. I, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I, the fact that the fact that the Belladonna had a song prepared for this is really funny. That like, she was like, she, oh, finally, <laughs> you're she's here. the Nicki Minaj of Model Land. Like she. <sighs> You know, she just has it for a off verse, the dome. No album, album out. out. Yes, she was ready to go. And creepy. My like, statue's so tall. That I'm um, never mind. A moment, a moment ago, we were racing to get into the arena. Like we had to get into the tournament. Like, but then we had to take like a shower and get changed. But we skipped the shower, and now suddenly, like Creamy's here, demanding an audience, and is like bringing Tookie along to the audience. And we've just we've lost the plot. We have lost it completely. Yeah. And and shouldn't shouldn't the Belladonna like be at the center of like this whole huge day, which like CL kind of mentions, like, hey, she's busy. It's like the seven tournament. And Creamy's like, I don't care about that. Like, it's whatever. And the Belladonna listens. She's like, okay. Like This t- is very like controversial opinion. This is very Olivia Pope of her, like someone who just talks fast and yells and gets her way because of that mm-hmm. and has no other actual skill. Oh my Sorry, God. Shonda Rhimes, if you <laughs> listen to this. But that was the impression I got with the episodes I watched. I was like, so she just talks quickly and like 
forcibly just, and like yeah. people just listen to her yeah yeah and well, okay that, i guess that's what i mean look it's been working for creamy remember because creamy has been bossing around all the monsters like she's a, mm-hmm. she's a bad bitch she like clearly has some authority here and people know her like she like the belladonna something's going clearly on clearly knows her because the belladonna goes Ugh, fine like take that zip zap, <laughs> take that zip zap over there i'll see you soon in my literally office. it was so easy so so tookie's like seriously like and yeah it just that she just gets her way that quickly a horn randomly goes off behind them oh <laughs> You, my house is haunted. Did you a horn's that? randomly going up behind you. Girl, what? Hello. My Google is trying to kill me. This is my last will and testament. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got BAB exclusive. You get all my pink electronics. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the final words broadcasted in this episode of Bad Author Book Club. Something's happening in my house Something. with the electronics. Seriously. It's um, the Jesus is trying to get me out of here. <laughs> yes. Wait, oh, bef- before the horn, just so you know, there is that moment when CL's like, hey, Tookie, I'm actually going to hang back. Yeah, she's like, I'm not coming. I feel insecure right now. <laughs> she says, she says your dirty friends are remind, <laughs> like, she basically is, like, triggered by seeing these, like, dirty women run around because she's like, those people remind me of the corpses that I dug up and exhumed and turned into obelisks. So I'm going to... I'm going to hang back. So, okay. So that's... Seal's <laughs> in the middle of telling her that. Yeah. When the horn blares behind her and Sookie, Tookie, like, completely turns around and there's a familiar face staring with wonderment at the brand new stadium. Three guesses who it is. <laughs> it's Bravo. It's Bravo. <laughs> of course it's Bravo. It's His Bravo. Like back, which for some reason threw me off because I thought he was like a black man with like very curly hair. Yeah. That, I think I just invented that in my mind. I thought he had like a, like a buzz cut kind of. Yeah. I think I was pretty sure he was described that way. Well, his buzz cut slicked back <laughs> and he's looking up fondly at the new architecture in wonderment, which again, everyone's supposed to be inside the arena and like, I don't know how all those civilians are pouring in, but like, it would make sense if there was a big crowd outside, but like the crowd has all but vanished. Everyone's inside. Cause remember the doors closed on the girls. Right. Like they didn't get but inside. Bravo's outside. But Bravo's somehow. outside. He's going to miss the whole tournament. We just need him there. And basically the only reason he's there is so that Tookie can have this moment of like remembering how he hurt her and being like, I'm never fucking forgiving you. And he like does right. the thing where he like licks his thumb and like smooths out his eyebrow and Tookie's like, how dare you do, like, our song or whatever that is. Yeah. He also has a bruise for when she domestic violenced him during man attack. So yeah. that's very lovely. Yeah. And that is actually sarcasm, okay? Before people try to cancel <laughs> me, it's yeah. bad. Right, Tookie did knock the shit out of him. And she notes, she notes with, like, pride that, like, hmm, a bruise where someone maybe took him out and took him down a peg type of thing. Uh, Awful. Yeah. This whole time, everyone's waiting for her, in- of course. Inside of a bush. Everyone's right. inside of a bush being like, come on, Tookie. Like, let's go. Well, she's having her moment. Yeah. And then she convinces CL to come with her. She's like, I actually really need you. Wait, I Fuck love your li- trauma. Yes. Uh, the line where CL is like, Tookie, I really don't want to go right now. Like, looking at your dirty friends, you know, I could really use a read right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the actual line, because remember she was self-flagellating with a reed, 
And Tookie, Tookie's like, well, in that case, you're definitely coming with me because yeah. I need a friend and I don't trust you to be by yourself. So then Seal hesitates but ends up going with her. They all go into the Zip Zap and they are greeted by the smell of blood oranges as they emerge into the spa um, lobby. It's like, it's like the lobby of the spa. The ooh-ah spa. Yeah. So Creamy says the space has the belladonna written all over it. So, like, she knows her somehow. She like, knows she her, knows yeah. this person very, very well. And this was another thing that made me feel like it was giving sister a relationship, but who knows? So then Mm -hmm. there's a statue there and it begins to, like, fall apart. Like, they start describing the place, but it doesn't really matter, I don't think. Yeah, Persimmon shows up, which you need to know. And and they're like, ew, what's that? And they're like, it's a mannequin. And I think, actually, Creamy calls her... Yeah, Creamy is, like, her persecution. So Creamy, like... Knows I'm her, sorry, but basically, that was so funny. I love the persecution line. That was good. <laughs> uh, and I, what we're supposed to get from this is that Creamy knows this place, knows the Belladonna, knows Modeland, knows Persimmon. Creamy has been here before. Like that's what's being telegraphed. Yeah. I wish that Tookie would say that. We, Tookie doesn't say that. We're we're saying that, but Tookie at no right. point is like. My mom walked around like she owned the place. Like, has she been here before? Like, My we, mom survived the diabolical divide when nobody else has ever been able to do that Literally before. 100% mortality rate minus creamy. Like, yeah, none of this, like, arithmetic is firing off in Tookie's brain. Tookie is literally just following Creamy around. Creamy is the main character of this book. And, um... At least she would be more interesting. At least she does things. Yeah, she does them, and she does them well. And she's flawed, and, you know, but you're still rooting for her because at least she has, like, a mission to root for. That's what Tookie sort of lacks. Tookie doesn't want anything or try for anything until, like, kind of very recently. But Creamy, even though her ultimate goal is um, opaque to us, she is clearly making an effort and therefore gives us as a reader like something to root for. Like, I have no idea what the fuck she's doing right now, but I'm like excited to see her get there. Yeah. Um, I do think that we're going to be a little bit disappointed in that like there's going to be a quote unquote twist where like Creamy's been to Model Land before and like Tookie's going to be so shocked. But like, we know that now. Like, it has to be that. It is that. And I wish that and Tyra can only add things in as like, big twists and it is going to be like oh the twist she's been here before and we're all supposed to be like oh my god it suddenly makes sense but like i'm so tired of that right like i'm so tired of everything being like a big twist like it would be better if tookie just figured it out and it could dawn on her as like an epiphany and that would be like interesting but like i don't know i feel like tyra does everything like she's a magician at like a children's birthday party like everything feels like that theatrical and dramatic but all of the adults like us and i would say even like teen readers would review this and be like we can see you know you hiding the quarter in your hand like we're not two yeah i mean i'm two but actually yeah that kind of gets me every single time personally but um, but that's why we're the bad authors (laughs) because we're we're exactly we're we're stupid too yeah just so everyone knows Mm -hmm. Um, but we figured this out (laughs) so so persimmon is like you can't go in there and Creamy's like, oh, please, and basically pushes past her and bursts through a curtain. Everyone follows her, and um, there's a large uh, slate gray statue of the Belladonna in the corner. 
Yeah, there's a large statue and it begins to, um, it begins to crumble. And Dylan's like, oh, you broke it. And you know what we say at Boobictique Nation, you boo break it, you boo buy it, baby. And I'm like, great line, Dylan. Thank you for being here. It's really important that you're in this book. Uh, and then slowly as the statue breaks, like body parts start coming out of it. Uh, <laughs> and they're described in a really weird order. I'm just going to read this to you. Five human fingers emerged from their slate shell. A thin rose gold sleeve made of the finest silk appeared next. Then a swan-like neck and a pair of round pert breasts. How did the neck show up before the titties? <laughs> yeah, like like a neck rose from the shell and then like tits next. Like no shoulder. Unless she's like posed like in a way that yeah. you're going like, like sort of. I obviously this is not a visual medium, but um, she's posed in a way so that the the stone is coming away like up her hand, and then it goes up to her neck and then down. I think it's she's more like, like sideways, like tilted, kind of. I think it's more that like she's it's a figurine, and like pieces of it are coming off like eggshell, kind of. Got so, it. So like we see your hand. I don't know how Tookie assesses the finest silk, but Tookie uh, on sight knows the finest silk she's ever seen in her goddamn life. She sees it. And then like yeah. this, this, basically the statue's boobs fall off and like under it are other boobs. So there's yeah. Pert breasts. Pert. This book is so gay. Like all the women notice uh, like everything about each other's like bodies <laughs> all the time in such a like sexual way. Yeah. Um, and then the next line is flesh bone. A person was under there, which is like stone to bone and flesh, which is I the see. title that's of okay, the title. That's where it comes from, yeah. So then it says a person starts to move. The chest heaved in and out again. Gay moment. <laughs> yeah, it might as well be like. And then the crotch fell off, and even though they couldn't see it behind the beautiful sick, you just knew it was a gorilla grip coochie, <laughs> like you know, like <laughs> the wettest, hottest, grippy. Like that's where we're at. At this point, not gorilla grip. <laughs> so more pieces start to fall. And we hear the we hear a voice say, "How dare!" A muffled voice said from behind the stone. This is, by the way, pages. It is pages yes. of the statue crumbling. Yeah. Um. So so they finally figure out. Oh, it's the belladonna. Like <laughs> no fucking shit. Like like Tookie glanced at the others. It said it was definitely the belladonna's voice. They were actually going to see her in the flesh. So uh, the you Belladonna, knew you were coming here. She invited you. How come you're walking in and you're like, oh my god? So like she keeps like trying, like Tookie's like freaking out, and she's like, this is it. Here it comes. And the, then the last line is the Belladonna stone mask fell to the floor and shattered. Um, and that is the end of chapter forty one. God, and like, there's no reason there needs to be a chapter break here. Like it should just continue. This chapter was like six pages long. Like nothing happens. They basically take a zip zap into uh, the spa and then um, the Belladonna, yeah. like she, you know, she hatches like a fucking kinder egg. Like, and then we're, we're, that's the end of it. And the next chapter immediately picks up like right where this leads. It should just continue. But, but no, that's the, and that's, that's where we're leaving off too. Yeah. Well, well, you're going to have to return next week for the big Belladonna reveal. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Just so everyone knows, we have about 70-ish pages left of this book. Mm-hmm. 
which seems like a lot but because this book is so long that's like nothing and then there's like a bunch more pages for the acknowledgements which we'll probably dedicate a separate episode to yeah well we're gonna do like a little wrap-up episode and debrief yeah, and things sure. like that too so we'll we'll go over some some of the fun things that we've discovered yeah along the way. let's see we have i've read ahead a little tiny bit but we have eight no, it is eight. It's eight. Okay. It's eight chapters. And we and like we may combine some, but we're getting some good reveals as we sort of wrap up Model Land, which we want to take our time to discuss. So yeah, so for sure, we definitely, we definitely want to give ample attention where it's there. We're now at the climax of the book, and uh, and so there's there's a lot to discuss, and we want to hear from you. So find us on Discord. We want to hear all of your final theories. Like now, if you've got theories, now's the time to tell us as we're sort of learning the end game of Model Land Book 1 by by Tyra Banks. Tyra Banks. Do you have a rose and a thorn? Um, so I was trying to think what my rose would be and I I guess sort of like finally meeting the Belladonna, but the truth is my it was when creamy called persimmon persecution. persecution that's my rose my thorn is gonna be when i was tricked into thinking the entire book was a dream because i almost threw it into the fire oh my gosh huge big same i almost death dropped through the mantle of the earth into the magma <laughs> beneath the crust and dissolved on purpose because that that would have made this feel so like pointless all of it and yeah seriously the number one thing that i feel like was like hammered into me like getting into publishing was that you can't just like and it was all a dream like that is just such a deeply inappropriate thing i learned that in like seventh grade i feel like that's like when that started becoming um a big taboo so i think it's just like such a such an annoying little fake out and it didn't need to happen also my thorn i think my I, I mean, yeah, my rose is that we're finally meeting the, the Belladonna, and I kind of like, even though it was kind of tedious, but, like, the whole, like, hatching motion, like, I do like the idea that the Belladonna is this, like, woman, like, encased in stone. Yeah. There's something really cool about that, and it's, I think it's cool because we don't yet know why, and we'll probably never know why, but in my mind, it's because she's, like, this everlasting beauty, and, like, she's sort of mummified, right? Like, she's sort of encased in stone and only only hatches for, like, special meetings. And clearly, if she's going to go through this hatching process, it must mean that Creamy really knows her well, right? Like, there's got to be significant importance there. So, I'm, like, the setup of this is kind of cool, right? Like, Creamy knowing what she's doing, sort of being so over-familiar and getting an instant audience with the Belladonna, that's a kind of cool twist. I like that. Yeah. I I just don't know if the statue and eternal beauty thing is going to hold up because her term is only like five years, isn't it? As a Belladonna. So like what happens after she's a Belladonna? Does she die or does she become a permanent statue? I don't know. That's a good question. I wonder if we'll find out. I, I feel like we're not gonna, but... I have a lot of questions, yeah. and I think that this is going to be a focus. I mean, I think maybe next chapter. I might, might read it a little, a little ahead tonight. Sort of for the first time, I'm like, oh, cool. Like, what happens next? And that hasn't... Me too! This is the first... Like, I had read both of these chapters, like, yeah. last week or something like that, because I was actually 
curious right. about what's going to happen. I know. So, well, you know, here, Tara, here it is. Like, spend less time on the kooky, crazy classes and, like, the force-feeding people in troughs and, like, more time on, like, this stuff. We've always wanted to know more about, like, how Model Land actually functions. And we're finally getting that stuff. And it, it is making for a propel... Like, I feel propelled to keep reading. I wonder if she'll ever write another fiction Oh man, I I really hope so. I mean, eventually, she's gonna have a lot more time on her hands. I imagine as like you know, other things end, and I don't know what Tyra's up to right now. But I think eventually she's gonna get back to this. Like this clearly was so precious to her that I think that she's got probably a lot more to say. But um, but it depends if we can get to her and support her in that endeavor. Because if she if she called upon us right now, you and I both would drop everything to like consult on Model Land too. Oh my god, I have so many ideas. So many I mean, ideas. so many. I have so many notes. <laughs> she needs us. Yeah. That's the truth. We could make this an actually really good book. First order of business, read The Bells by Daniel Kruger. Yes. Second order of business, <laughs> actually end this book with, actually it was all of a dream. Model Land begins now. <laughs> After yes. this like, long 600 page prologue. All right. So if you want to follow us on social media, uh, you can find us on Twitter at BadAuthorPod. We're on Instagram at Bad Author Book Club. Our website is badauthorbookclub.wordpress.com. And you can find all of our episodes on anchor.fm slash badauthorbookclub. But we're also on like every podcast streaming service. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Play. Just anywhere podcasts are streamed. And if you want to follow me, Clarabel, I'm at Clarabel underscore Ortega on Insta, Twitter, and TikTok. And my website is ClarabelOrtega.com. Go get Witchling! And please pre-order Frizzy, <gasps> my graphic novel that comes out October 18th. Exciting times at the Bad Author Book Club. If you'd like to follow me, Ryan, I am on Insta, Twitter, and TikTok at the Ryan LaSala, and you can find me at www.ryanlasala.com. My next book, The Honeys, comes out August 16th, and I am telling you all to go pre-order it now because I've got some exciting stuff coming out for those that pre-order. So keep your eyes on the internet. More news soon. And come back next week for another exciting episode of The Bad Author Book Club. Woo! We love you, hot queens. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.